0: Section twelve of The Dial, May nineteen twenty, by various. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Reading by Matt Perrard. Section twelve A Social Pioneer by Harold J. Lasky. The Life of Francis Place, seventeen seventy one to eighteen fifty four, by Graham Wallace. Four hundred and fifteen pages. Alfred A. Knopf, New York english social history is most largely the creation of the past thirty years the intimate life of working men and women was not regarded by the classic historians as a fundamental portion of the national record a brilliant chapter in macaulay statistics of births and deaths some notes on changes in the fashions of dress and houses it was with scrape such as these that the great victorians treated us For after all the ebb and flow of daily life makes little enough show in the pomp and circumstance of great events it is little enough of the glamour by which martial triumph is invested or of the splendid excitement which surrounds a great debate in the house of commons yet slowly we are coming to see that these are after all but the external trappings of the real drama they serve rather to conceal than to display the events by which the nation was most deeply stirred the great artists sees deeper and the novels of dickens and disraeli remain to tell us of an england which has with difficulty found its way into accredited history it is in the pages of palimpsests like sybil that we gleaned some notion of why the castle of the Peace of Vienna had none of its splendid symbols for the common people, or why the majesty of Ricardo's name brought to them no echo of applause. The mean dependence of men like Croker, the scent and curls of genial fops like De horsay the ruthless magnificence of Rois like Lord Hertford, have turned now to dust and ashes those who awaken our enthusiasm are of different fibre we respond rather to the persistency of richard carlyle who made up a prison the temple of freedom our veneration is for men like thomas hepburn to whom the whole vista of modern trade unionism seems to have been revealed the prophets of the time are not peel or lord john russell or macaulay but men like william lovett with a burning zeal for popular education or robert owen who did not forget the tragedies of his childhood in his days of comfort it is to this new tradition that mr wallace's book belongs it is almost idle to praise it now for it has taken its place among the accepted masterpieces of english political biography it has indeed a special historical significance the meaning of which is only now emerging clearly into the light of day the main burden of its teaching was the need for research into the less obvious sources before a final judgment is passed upon historic figures before mr wallace wrote place was little more than a casual footnote in the politics of westminster now it is clear that the perspective of the time is better and more rightly seen within the mirror of his life than in those of men who stride more proudly across the stage he worked like a mole in the dim twilight world statesmen like gray and Lord john russell would have barely known of his existence or if his name passed over their lips it would have been with some phrase that emphasized a doubt whether the influence of such humble men as place was, was wise they still regarded politics as the prerogative of a leisured class they did not see that because it so deeply touched the intimate recesses of the worker's life his interest in it could he be given the means of influence was fundamental the worker as disraeli saw was nothing so much as a separate nation and they would have closed the gates of power to francis place because he did not like croker or fawn his way to the bottom of the rich man's table but place was of a tougher fibre his life had known bitter hardship and he was one of the priceless men whom misfortune renders only more eager to mend the hardships of their fellows the friend of bentham and the mills the political master of joseph hume without exception the ablest political organiser in london he did not need friendships that would not have been offered upon an equal basis he is one of those rare instances in public life of men who devotedly serve the noblest of all causes without demanding recompense in personal reputation the history of modern trade unionism turns upon the fundamental reform he secured he gave life and substance to the decayed radicalism of england after its long somnolence during the napoleonic wars it was his intervention which staved off that wellington administration of eighteen thirty one which might well have proved the prelude to a disastrous revolution he was active in the movement for popular education he was one of the pioneers of chartism he contributed to political organization not a few of the chief technical instruments at its disposal wherever we meet him he is bluff careful far-seeing and nine times out of ten patently right he is capable of enthusiasm without being mastered by it he is tough without being hard determination never passes into obstinacy and withal his comments make clear that few men were so shrewd in their judgment of the great public characters of the time he did not like greville see them through the distorted mirror of social rumour he did not like macaulay allow party ties to sway his opinion peel braum russell huskisson from them all he seems to strip the facade which statesmanship builds about its acolytes he goes straight to the inner motive which the declared purpose serves so often to conceal he is concerned only with the realization of right and the touchstone of his judgments is the help they render in actual effort to the causes he had at heart such is the figure that mr wallace paints for us it is difficult to overestimate the significance that attaches to his portrait he makes evident what professor dicey has shown us in the sphere of the law the almost overwhelming creativeness of benthamism that creed indeed came at a time fortunate for its principles the evils it came to deny were too glaringly obvious to be capable of effective defence but there has never been in english history a group of men who so passionately or so single-heartedly worked out the application of their principles to the events with which they had to deal benthamism it is not too much to say made democratic england possible it is easy now to see its faults its formulae are too simple for a complex world it did not realise the inability of the average man to make headway against a fate which is for most, an inescapable and tragic one the power of combination did not sufficiently enter into its calculations yet not even the last word of criticism can conceal the creative destruction that it wrought it was a creative hope where the blind forces of the new industrialism seemed the progenitors of a new and bitter slavery nor did francis place fail to understand the obvious lessons of his effort he saw how powerful are the forces opposed to change liberalism in the simple sense of a well-meaning approval of advance never attracted him the liberalism for which he cared was either a concrete definiteness like that of bentham or else an unflagging pursuit of the minutiae of organization like that of joseph hume he knew that power is poison and that it erects about itself a system of protective ramparts which only persistent determination can overcome The lesson he drew from his experience was the simple one that the real path of progress is institutional organization petitions meetings great words and speeches left him cold it was the systematic if minute steps in which he saw the secret of advance natura nihil facit per saltum is the chief lesson the enthusiast has to learn but place knew well it is the lesson most difficult to teach nor was he handicapped by illusions as to the people. Not the least stumbling block in the way of democratic progress is the zeal of those who are satisfied that a popular instinct for right is all that is necessary to reform. Place believed in the popular capacity for self-government, but he was not hindered by ignorance as to its difficulties. He recognized that the vast majority of the working class does not find the centre of its interests in politics he knew that even if it did it lacked the education which made possible the mastery of technical detail he realized that facts are obstinate things which fail to render obedience to popular desire there is a lesson no student of the democratic process should neglect in his management of the repeal of the combination acts here is the expert at his best psychologically imaginative economically accurate armed capipee in the unanswerable panoply of statistics fortified by serried masses of human experience in our own day mr justice brandeis in the famous brief in muller versus oregon mr bevan in the recent inquiry into docker's wages have shown us that scientific control of the facts will ultimately produce an unanswerable result the way is less easy than it seems and it is certainly far more difficult than the sudden projection into the event of badly organized mass action in which french labor seems to put its confidence the method of place is the slow and careful tabulation of every instrument of service the careful organisation of resources the flinging of your power at a given point so that the danger of competing interest is removed the same grim statesmanship is seen in his hint to sir francis Burdett at the preparations needed for a revolution it is shown in the technique by which wellington was overthrown in eighteen thirty one the management of a case is half the secret of success in efforts such as these they point to the need of studying the strategy of labor politics with the same infinite care for detail that is expended by a general staff upon a plan of campaign they involve the careful preparation by forehanded effort of each step to be taken they involve precise estimates of the effect such steps will have upon the public as also the effect an hostile analysis of those steps will mean they imply that every member of the organization has his allotted function and knows to a nicety the duties of his station above all they demand consideration of the element surprise it was in media such as these that place worked and his genius consists hardly less in the methods he used than in the results he achieved they are a perennial wellspring of education just at the point where a democracy is most likely to be ill-informed mr wallace himself has learned that lesson and it is hardly too much to say that his two subsequent books were an examination into the psychological foundations of the technique implicit in places work it will one imagines be a task of no small difficulty for the future historian of english thought Looking at Mr. Wallace's three volumes to explain the exact bearing of his work, he will not find, as with Professor Bassenkamp, a considered philosophy of the state. He will not find, as with Mr. Sidney Webb, an organized analysis of economic structure. He will not discover, as with Mr. Cole, a prophecy of our future almost perspiring in its enthusiasm. Yet the clue, it may be suggested, is a simple one what mr wallace has emphasized is the inadequacy of the previous formulae by which the complex facts of human association are explained fear as with hobbes consent as with locke the self-interest of the utilitarians the habit of sir henry mayne these at the best are vaguely partial glimpses society it is clear is a vast effort at intellectual co It is a cooperation hindered at every stage by individual passion and the absorption of some group in the quest of its self-interest. What Mr. Wallace has done is to drive us to the examination of the methods by which that cooperation can be best attained. A society in which men were all as able and as altruistic as Francis Place would doubtless hardly need the rules he seeks to discover, but we work with different data what we mainly have to search are the impulses of men in their social expression the discovery of the channels by which their satisfaction may be attained it is not an easy task a genius like bentham may escape the rule that a plan to be a plan must be put into readable form and the accident that his Dumont may not appear must be guarded against a committee like the british war cabinet may break down on a fundamental question because it has never considered the means by which expert testimony is best elicited a cabinet like mr wilson's may cease to function because the principle of its action has been centred in a mind that fails at a critical moment to have contact with it little by little mr wallace has forced the technique of social inquiry upon a new path He has made us adjust our ethics to the facts of human nature and our perspective is different because of the hints he has given. But he has done more. There are perhaps five or six living men who can disentangle the social history of England in the nineteenth century with the same knowledge and wisdom as Mr. Wallace. That has made him in a real sense the parent of what is rapidly becoming the most significant part of modern English historiography no country in the world to-day has a social history which surpasses in quality the history of trade unionism by mr and mrs webb the studies of english working-class life by the hammonds and the more specialised studies of which they are only the chiefest part what in the mass it has done is to make the left wing of english radicalism scientific in a sense to which no other party in english politics can make claim it has given to its ideas an historical perspective a realistic background and above all a knowledge of the slow fashion in which ideas must strive to make their way which are the very breath of hope for in politics the first condition of hope is the ability to be optimistic in the face of certain disillusion your enemies will defy your facts half-hearted friends will destroy your ideas by compromising with their opposite your followers will despair because you have not the firm outlines of utopia the certainty of progress lies in the ability to discount these things from the outset that is why the study of history is with all its limitations still the one sure path to political salvation and that it may be added is the one great lesson american students of politics can draw from mr wallace's life of place an english liberal who analyzes the american equivalent of his faith cannot help but find it a little bare and meager it is negative rather than positive it has not been rooted in the hard facts of its historic environment it has not been nourished by continuous contact with that past from which it naturally springs i know one book only mr Crawley's promise of american life which has striven to interpret the prospects in terms of the traditions that control it i know of one other book mr Lippmann's preface to politics which has striven to analyze the proper method of inquiry the rest seems little more than facile pictures of immediate evil or else the translation of the critics personal experience into the resplendent detail of a national program what they need is the living substance of american history it is indeed true in no light degree that those who have made american historiography have given them little enough of aid histories like mr rhodes are the material less of understanding than of edification american life cannot be interpreted from the comfortable angle of a banker's window but in other directions there is material of the first importance for all its dullness the vast tomes of von contain more wisdom on the problems of federal structure than is to be found in any other work the superb suggestiveness of professor turner the careful criticism of charles beard the older but still important work of hildreth these are the things the student must know if his work is to have the needed substance above all they must go back to their texts they must investigate in all their bearings the works of hamilton and calhoun they must learn to win the friendship of lesser men like john taylor it will be no easy task to hew from out these vast materials the principles of which american liberalism stands in need but there is no way to political wisdom save through the dirt and sweat of historical scholarship our safeguards of liberty are not to be known from a hasty impression of the daily press that is why the man who will do most for the study of american politics will be the man who impresses upon this generation the lesson englishmen have learned from graham wallace it will be a great day when his certain advent may be signalled 12.